0: Welcome back to the show, Money Grows on Trees podcast. My name's Lloyd Ross. This episode is titled, Is Gold a Good Investment? Is gold a good investment? And so I don't own any gold. Um, If you look at the last 30 years, um, the Dow Jones, which is the top 30 companies in North America, has outperformed gold by about three to one. So in the short term, sometimes gold can perform similar to stocks. But in the long term, stocks absolutely just decimate and obliterate the returns of gold. So over the last, say, hundred years, the um, the market has absolutely trounced gold. So it's not going to be an outperforming asset, um, really, compared to other things. And the other thing with gold is, and it's much the same with other things that don't produce income, they actually they're not they're called non productive assets. They're they're non productive because they don't produce anything. They don't produce anything. They just sit there. The thing with gold too is it's actually created more and more. There is more gold. And so it's there is a continual supply of it. But people get all like, you know, excited about it because, you know, the end of the world's coming and we're going to have gold and we're going to store it. And of course, they've got motives uh, for that because for you to actually want to go buy gold, they have to use fear to scare you into buying it because they say, oh, it's the, you know, it's the one thing that's going to, we're going to use when the when the world ends. And so you can, yeah. So there's a few principles. Number one, gold is not a productive asset. Whereas if you buy, you buy, say, real estate, for example, you can lease it out to shelter and it grows in value over time from supply and demand because they're not making any more of it, okay? So it's a static supply, typically. And then you've got productive assets like businesses are productive because the value of a business, it's worth what the value of its future cash flows are. So if the future potential cash flows of a business are going to rise, the value of the business will rise. So you actually get the value of the business going up in capital value. So it grows in capital growth and it produces income too, because it it sells goods and services. So it's productive. It does things for the world. Okay. So if you bought a business, not only do you get the value of the business rising over time, but you also get the income over long periods of time from the actual services and and, and goods that it sells. Same as real estate. And particularly if you look at farmland, for example, if you buy farmland, you get... The value of the land goes up over time, but you can also use it to raise cattle and crop and lease parts. Like there's so many things you can do, so it's a very productive asset. And so productive assets will always do better than non-productive assets because non-productive assets don't produce a cash flow. So you just completely let. It's not even like the percentage returns of like what stocks produce in dividends, rental, uh, real estate does in rent. That whole piece of percentage, which is sometimes like five, six, seven percent. Is gone from gold. It doesn't have that. So it's gold has to grow at like, you know, double digit returns every year to be even in close to outperforming stocks. And it just doesn't. Like you've just got to go to Google, put in the data, you'll find the last 30 years stocks have outperformed gold three to one. In the short term over the last 10 years, I think it's been about very similar. Um, There seems to be these times of uncertainty. Gold tends to go up because people are scared into it. And what's fascinating with non-productive assets, you can always tell when it's non-productive and it's not effective as an investment because it's based on what's called the greater fool theory, where where it's, something's only worth what a greater fool is prepared to pay for it the next day, okay? This is how tulips work and how bubbles work, right? So you can always tell if something's a bit of a, a, a speculative asset, like a non-productive asset, because when you place a position against it, people come out of the woodwork and attack you and they attack you because they know they have to spruik it for it to go up in value. You know, if everyone stopped buying it, it would go down in value drastically because it doesn't produce anything whereas if you've got a business for example and it's out of favor because people aren't purchasing the business or the land, but you're leasing it out or you're getting dividends from the from the sales of goods and services, you're still getting something from it even if it's a bit out of favor. And so you can't it doesn't have, so sp- well gold productive non-productive assets don't have that so the only way for people to make money is to make sure more people are buying it so it's very much ponzi driven it's only worth more when more people buy it and so it's very much you know based on the demand and of course if people if you're saying taking a stand against it people are gonna know it's it's because they don't want it to go down so they need everyone to be on board okay so that's that's the psychology behind it that's you know, it's it's a non-productive asset. It doesn't produce cash flows. You can't value it. And gold, by the way, just has no real function. I mean, they use it in some electrical wiring and so forth. But the reality is that gold is really not widely used. Silver is more widely used as a commodity than gold, or a metal than gold. And so, silver have some has some utility use out there. And so that I don't know if it makes it more valuable. That doesn't really matter. I don't really play around with metals. Again, this is not something I buy because it just doesn't make any sense. And whenever you see these things, like it's just best not to play. Like you don't have to own every asset. Just because Uncle Bob says that the world's going to end and buy gold doesn't mean you go out and rush out and buy gold. It's so it's such a weird asset. It's just people storing their, their, their money. I think the one thing that people are true and correct with when it comes to gold is they are 100% correct that paper money will continue to go down in value through inflation without a doubt. And the Bitcoin people are true on that too. That's very true. Like that will actually happen. Like, paper money will go down in value of course how do i know that because it has done that for the last flipping 200 years or whenever really paper money existed it's always gone down through the likes of inflation okay so that's definitely true but where they where they then encourage people to put their money and store their money is where they go wrong they they scare people into making taking their paper money and putting it into gold that's not a good place for it. Or they scare them into putting it into crypto. It's not a good place for it. It's not, they're both non-productive assets. So the actual underlying principle is correct, what they talk about, but the actual place where people then go to invest is wrong or ineffective. And so my, the, what you have to, what you have to understand is yes, paper money will definitely go down in value over time. No question. So when people say to me, "Oh, yeah, but isn't this US dollar dropping and our oh, currency in place? I'm like, yes, it is. Absolutely. And that's why I don't own any. I don't own any currency. God. Like why would I own currency? It's just it's just terrible. I wouldn't own any type of currency ever. I don't want to own any outside your emergency fund and whatever amount of fiat currency you're stacking together for investment purposes into a productive asset, beyond that you wouldn't want to invest in currencies. You wouldn't want to own currencies. Like if you're someone who's got a million dollars cash, you don't expect to do anything with it and you're just gonna sit it there, that's dumb. Because it's gonna go it's gonna lose value by the tune of about five percent a year. So, of course, you've got to invest it. You've got to... Tra- Listen, when you get hold of fiat currency, you don't want to hold on to it beyond your emergency fund. You want to get rid of it. You, you, but you don't want to spend it on stuff. You want to spend it on something that's going to produce more of it. You've got to create a machine of value creation. And that's why when you buy productive assets, it doesn't matter what the currency of the day is. It's irrelevant because you're not actually creating more currency from... Paper currency from it. You're creating value from it. And that's the beauty of productive assets. Like a business... If it's got a valuable service or good, people will trade toilet paper, gold, seashells, crypto, uh, labor, they'll trade whatever is available that's a value to the owner, they'll give you that. So really, if you have a business and you have real estate, if someone needs shelter, you can decide what the currency is, you know, like it doesn't matter if it's crypto, it doesn't matter, it's irrelevant because you own the productive asset and that's why it's important to own productive assets. Because you dictate the currency. So a good example would be this: if I buy real estate and it's basically shelter, right? Then then I can say, well, hey, listen, I'll lease I'll lease this shelter to you, but you've got in return, you've got to give me, um, you've got to like uh, work for me as a, a part time instead of paying rent. You can work for me. That's labor. You're 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 asking for labor. That's the currency, labor. Okay, skilled labor. That's what you're asking for. That's a currency. That's called bartering. Or hey, I'm going to lease out this property to you, um, but in return, you're going to give me that block of gold. Okay, okay, that's the currency. Uh, I'm going to lease out this. You, you can you can rent my apartment. It's COVID. I really need toilet paper because it's so valuable. You're going to pay me in toilet paper. Okay, see this? You can just you can decide what the currency is, or you're just going to give me fiat currency in the domicile in the country I live in because it's the easiest way to actually buy other things with it. So I want that, and that's what is people are wanting now. Like if you go rent a place in Sydney. What are they going to ask for? They're going to ask for fiat currency or crypto, or some people ask for crypto, which is crazy, but they do. But you see this, it, it the currency of the day is irrelevant if you own productive assets. Because if I own a business and I sell you a good or a service, I decide what currency I want to use. And you can either say yes or no to that. So you can see now why currencies, it just is so irrelevant. This whole thing about displacing currencies is so stupid because it's not, if you own productive assets, you see how it doesn't matter. That's so people say, Lloyd, oh my God, we're going to lose all the value of the US dollar is going to fall, give you a zero. I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. If you own productive assets, you own a farm, piece of real estate you can rent out, or a productive business that's going to continue to sell goods and services, it is completely irrelevant. It's only bad for people who own a sh- ton of paper money. And that's, that is not a good idea either. So I'm not on board with the gold and crypto guys. They, their premise about paper money falling in value is correct. Buying those on productive assets is not a good idea. It would be productive assets. Okay, you'll always, farmland is definitely going to outperform gold over the next hundred years. Productive, good quality businesses will definitely outperform uh, gold over the next hundred years. And real estate is going to, I would say, too, outperform gold over the next hundred years because you get double return. You get the growth in the asset from supply and demand, but you also get the actual productive income, the yield from the crop, the yield from the rental return, the yield from the dividend. You're getting a yield. You're yielding something from the asset. Whereas gold and crypto, there's no yielding anything. And that's why I don't touch those two assets. And I hope that makes sense. Don't get scared into buying gold. It's just ineffective. It's going to sit there. It's good as a doorstop. I think if you want to go out and buy a ten, you know, $20,000 piece of gold as a doorstop, that's kind of cool. But that's kind of all it is, right? And so, because you've got to actually sell it to realize the fair currency back. So look, that's my position on it. I don't know any of it. I never will. I'll never own that in crypto and that's that's just the way I am. I like to own productive assets. It's so much better. So businesses, public companies, which is stocks and real estate, all all good stuff, I think. And you know, not as exciting, <laughs> not as shiny, but far more effective uh, for wealth building, which is what I want to teach on the show. So I hope that makes sense. If you've enjoyed the episode, um share it with a friend. Tag me in your stories on Instagram if you share this. Um thanks for those who have left a five-star review. Amazing. And thank you so much for those who are listening. and Our followership's growing. And I just want to say thanks for your attention. Hope you're enjoying the show. And I look forward to talking in the next episode of Money Grows on Trees podcast. Thanks for joining us this week on the Money Grows on Trees podcast. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, Money Grows on Trees, which you can find at lloydjross.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a review, and feel free to reach out to Lloyd on Instagram at lloydjamesross.